Thank you for tuning in to Morning Moments with Pastor Bruce Goddard from Faith Baptist Church. We pray that this is a blessing to you. Welcome. Great to have a few minutes together today. Uh, this is Bruce Goddard at Faith Baptist Church in Wildemar. And um, this being uh, the month, uh, August uh, being the month of our anniversary, I thought I'd take a moment or two and talk a little bit about uh, why choose Faith Baptist Church and why people are here that that are here and that have stayed here for the decades. Of course, there's always uh, people moving, coming and going. Half of um, half our church has taken their equity and moved east um, just because of the mess California is. And, and, uh, and I certainly wish them well and hope they all find good churches and all. But uh, there are friends, uh, but but the the uh, the people who get saved, get involved, Christians who move to our area, why? Um, it might be good just to talk a little bit about uh, what our church is and and uh, what our goals are. People say an awful lot on uh, social media in a negative way, and of course they they didn't speak real well of Jesus either. But um, our church motto has been a church of active faith. Uh, that's probably the reason people will choose our church if they are saved already and looking for a church. We're not. Uh, we're not a. We don't believe church is a spectator sport. We don't believe church is a place to sit and observe or a place where you sit and just enjoy the music. We don't believe church is a place that you go to like a, a concert. I remember uh, before I was saved. Um, young people would go to concerts and you just sit and enjoy the music or stand and enjoy the music or wave your arms and enjoy the music. But, but it was a spectator thing. And uh, I feel more and more like that's what a lot of churches are getting to. I heard a, heard a uh, conservative uh, guy on the radio not long ago say that he feels like our, our churches have gotten, and this is a secular radio station, but he said, I feel like our church have gotten more concerned about their praise team than they are the Bible. And I thought, well, that's profound coming from a radio station. <clears throat> but um, in fact, he made a comment. He said, it seems to me like if you've got a five o'clock shadow, skinny jeans and a guitar, you can be on the pulpit. <laughs> it has nothing to do with how much Bible you might know. But um, but that and that and everybody's that's a great thing about America. It's free. Go where you want. But our church is a is an active a church of active faith, um, whether it be rescue missions or rest homes or jails or bus ministry or Sunday school or big days. Um, we just had our not long ago had our annual vacation Bible school. During the Bible school, we have so many members involved: people doing skits, people serving food, people teaching the Word of God. Te people teaching memory verses, people doing memory or missionary stories. Uh, we have people set aside their primary task is to talk with visitors and help explain the gospel, leading them to Christ. Uh, our church members, uh, they get involved in visiting the homes of the young people, <clears throat> picking them up on buses, um, and then returning them home after vacation Bible school with smiling faces. You know, the ministry, it, ministry is with the church is all about. It's not, church is not a place where a bunch of people sit and listen to some song and listen to some guy talk a little bit. First um, Corinthians 16, verse 15 says, I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia. And that's a, they're the first people saved in that city. 
And it says this of them, that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints, that you submit yourselves to such and to everyone that helpeth with us and laboreth. Now, this house of Stephanus, um, these people were addicted to the ministry. They were always serving. They were always involved <clears throat> in teaching the word of God and helping the needy. And the ministry, it was not a spectator. It was, it was busy. Um, our Spanish department um, trains Spanish-speaking adults to witness, to teach Sunday school, to sing in special uh, music groups. Um, we have a Spanish church separate from English, and I know that we could have our Spanish in the English auditorium with headsets where a translator takes my sermon and interprets it. But I don't want our people just to hear a sermon. <clears throat> Ephesians 4 says that the pastor's job is to uh, perfect the saints for the work of the ministry. And so my job as pastor and the focus of the entire ministry is to perfect the saints, to help everybody get all the pieces together in their life. And that includes getting off the drugs and liquor, and it includes rebuilding a, a life with character and honesty and integrity and all that, of course. But the reason for all of that is so that we could serve others and, and invest in others. And so um, we um, we had a various men in our church that were bilingual trading off who would teach a Sunday school lesson or preach in Spanish. And did, we did that for quite a while. And then I realized that um, our Spanish members, they'll have surgery. And who's going to be in the hospital with them that can talk to them? They're going to have marriage problems or problems with children. Who's going to be there to help them? And so I thought they need a Spanish pastor. And so I hired Pastor Valdez 20 years ago. Um, but it wasn't just getting a Spanish pastor. I realized our Spanish adults needed to teach the word of God. The Bible talks about in Hebrews, when for the time you ought to be teachers, Hebrews 5 and Hebrews 6, when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles, the oracles of God. And so um, our our ministry is not just sitting there teaching. There's a time that comes when people ought to be teachers of the word of God. And so uh, my non-English speaking adults needed a place to teach. And so most of our, I'm going to say half or maybe three quarters or more of our children in our, uh, that come in our Spanish ministry, they're bilingual because most of them are in English speaking schools. So they could be in our English Sunday school classes, but the Spanish adults needed to be teachers. And so we put, uh, we set up Spanish Sunday school. And I think it's great because these children continue to learn the word of God in their native language. And I want these kids bilingual. I want them to know the Bible in English and in Spanish. I want, to, I want them to be better workers. If I knock on the door of a family that speaks only Spanish, I can't help them. I can give them a track in Spanish. But, but so I want to raise these young people to uh, to serve God. Uh, we want to perfect the saints for the work of the ministry. So we have Spanish nursery so that the Spanish ladies can work in the nursery. We've got Spanish special music so the men and ladies in the Spanish department serve their church. So vital. Um, we want to be sure, you know, why, why choose Faith Baptist? We want to be sure people are saved. Uh, I'm going to say every week, but certainly every month or multiple times a month, we meet someone who goes to a church and is unsure of their salvation just the other day. Somebody mentioned that they'd met a person who's very active and involved in there in one of the larger churches in our area. They got talking to him a little while and 
asked if they knew for sure they were saved and going to heaven. They said, no, I've been working at that. I just don't know for sure. And they were so happy to see in the scriptures that there was a simple plan of salvation that God saves sinners. They'd been going to this church for all years and they did not know they were saved. So the first priority at our church, we want people saved. We want them to know that they're saved. We want them to be scripturally baptized because the first thing every person in the Bible did that got saved was they got baptized underwater. Now the thief in the cross slipped out on the baptism. That's because he was busy um, on a cross. But um, um, the the Ethiopian man, uh, he, he he said, he see here what 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 doth hinder me to be baptized? Here's water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And um, and he got saved. and got baptized within minutes of the time he got baptized. And and um, the Philippian jailer. Um, doctored the wounds of Paul and Silas. Uh, his family got saved. They all got baptized. Baptism is the next step of obedience of the Christian life. So we want to be sure people are saved. We want to make sure they're scripturally baptized. That means underwater after they were saved. Um, we want to make sure they understand doctrine, Bible doctrine, not just the <clears throat> the casual things of the scripture. We want them to know Bible doctrine. What does the Bible teach about? And fill in the blank. Um, if you're going to be teaching in our Sunday school, you need to understand uh, the Bible and, and church and the pastor and deacons and and hell and heaven and demons and and um, spiritual power. Um, we want to know spiritual doctrine. We want to understand the doctrines that tie to money and doctrines that tie to the church and the government. All these areas. Um, this is what the ministry is all about. We we have a ministry um, called equipping the saints, and it's uh, forty eight. Uh, Bible doctrines divided up into two sections, 24 each. And um, our, our newer people will sit at a table with an experienced teacher and they'll go through a workbook. And, and uh, it takes 12 weeks to go through 24 Bible doctrines and they fill in the blank and answer the questions. And they get, the, get a grasp. And then they go home with this big binder filled with clear information, scriptural verse after verse after verse on what they believe. Then there's part two, another 24 Bible doctrines and another 12 weeks. Why? Because we want, to, we want people to know the word of God. Um, teaching, uh, why, do, why do people come to our church? Why would I suggest people come? Um, because people learn to preach and teach. I've got men and ladies uh, that over these years they have learned, and it's not all me, God's given us great trainers, but... Um, we have people that can, they can, uh, I watched one of our ladies one day, our auditorium was completely filled with children, several hundred children, this one lady at the front all by herself. She had those 300 or so children spellbound. It might've been 400. The, the, the auditorium was completely filled and she had them on the edge of their seats teaching them. And uh, um, what a privilege to be surrounded by people who've learned not only what they believe about the Bible, but they learn to be able to communicate it in a way that's interesting. And so we will have teachers trained to work with two and three-year-olds all the way up to adults. Um, it's a whole different world. We train our workers to go to rest homes, and now they're teaching the Bible to people that are late in life. And, and some, their cognitive skills are not all there. Uh, I love, I remember one, uh, one year, we, we regularly have a big day, we call it every other year, we go out to the community. We have church all over town, parks and apartment uh, recreation rooms and vacant lots. And we just take church to the community. 
and um, I'll preach at church while our men and ladies are out in the community getting things going. And then uh, after I finished preaching to the group here, which is the easiest thing, um, I remember one year I went and just went meeting to meeting. I knew where most of these meetings were, and I just I came in just to watch. I saw a construction worker. I mean, just a big old tough 40-year-old construction worker. <clears throat> and he lived with a hammer and nails, and and he was standing, I'm going to say, in front of 200 people, seated at a park, a picnic area, a lot of picnic tables, and he's preaching. He's preaching to those 200-plus people, giving the gospel very clearly. And, and I watched our young men, kids that grew up here, uh, sat back and watched our young men um, standing in the back of a pickup in a vacant lot preaching to 50, 100, 200. And, and during COVID, we started having um, church at parks and places out in the open. And um, one of our men, a retired man, started getting the the seniors that were just literally locked in and going stir crazy. And it's not good for people to be to be all quarantined. Quarantine is not a healthy thing. And um, these people, nothing wrong with them. They were well, but they're just sitting there. So he started getting them to come to a park right next door to their apartment complex. And... Um, and there I, I went by one day, and there our school principal is in the park preaching to, I don't know, 20, 30 senior citizens sitting at, at the picnic tables and hearing the word of God. And I love to see our men and ladies. One story, I love the story. <clears throat> I wasn't at this one. I've seen so many different things over the years, but uh, I love watching our people that have learned to teach and preach the word of God and to see them communicate the truth of the Bible. But we had a <clears throat> big service out in a, a park area in, in Temecula, and a whole lot of Spanish-speaking people came. And one of, the, uh, one of the guys in charge called me. He said, Pastor, we don't have anybody here. That, none of our men can speak Spanish, and we've got a big group of Spanish-speaking people. If you know somebody who could help us. And well, we were scattered all over the community. And I said, do you have a lady uh, who's bilingual? They said, oh, yeah, we've got a, we've got a, a lady here who's very capable. And told me who it was, and she I trust her doctrine. She knows the Bible, godly lady. And I said, just put her up in a pickup and bring all those Spanish people over. And <clears throat> you just tell her to witness to the people in the front row, and but just do it real loud so everybody can hear. Uh, because, uh, you know, we're Baptists. We don't believe in women preachers. But there comes a time when you just, you know, if you know the book of Judges, when Barak's not going to make things happen. You need Deborah in jail to get the job done. And uh, so she stood up in the back of a pickup and just, just explain the gospel, just like she's witnessing to one person, only it was a pretty big crowd. I can't remember if it was 40 or 50 people. But um, she wasn't pastoring a church. She wasn't preaching in an auditorium. She was just getting the gospel out. But you know, why people choose our church, our, our goal is that people learn to serve God in the great, incredible satisfaction of, of knowing that your life is making a difference. And of course, people from all walks of life um, our nursery workers, our children, teen, we have, a, we have two children's choirs and we have a teen choir, we have an orchestra, we have an adult choir. People have opportunity to sing, bus drivers, bus mechanics, and, and almost everything that I just mentioned, it's all done by volunteers. We have some staff people who maybe organize, but um, what makes a great church? What, what is it that draws me? Now, if people, what draws people here? Well, if people want a church where they're going to sit and be spectators, they're probably going to be more comfortable somewhere else. But uh, this Faith Baptist Church, it's a church of active faith. And uh, there are 
so many wonderful stories of things God's done. And I love, I love the ministry. I love getting to see what uh, God has done. Of course, from our church, there were people pastoring. Um, don't go very far from here north, an hour north. One of our men pastors, another <clears throat> two or three hours further north, another one of our young men pastoring. These are boys that were born and raised in our church. Another couple of hours north, a little further, another one of our young men pastoring a church. And, and um, they're just scattered up California and then on the mission field. And and uh, we've got young people in Southeast Asia and the Philippines and in Latin America and, and uh, scattered across the southern coast of the United States and across the East Coast. Uh, I love the work of God. It is a great privilege. And, and I want to encourage you, uh, uh, find a place to serve in your church. Find a place to serve. And if you want to know, you know, how do you get this all going? How do you do it? And we've got some lessons we've taught on it, but... Uh, just real quick, one of the things that, that we do is we don't have a youth department to entertain. We have a youth department to train. And so starting in uh, little kids, my my granddaughter, my four-year-old granddaughter, not even in kindergarten yet, her Sunday school teacher had her going door to door. And I've got a couple of pictures she sent me of my granddaughter, four years old, uh, handing tracks to people at the front door. And uh, early on, we get our kids comfortable passing out tracks, then learning to lead a soul to Christ. Uh, learning Bible doctrine to answer questions. And then ninth grade, they start working on buses and they start going to, of course, with all the mess COVID had, a um, little different. But uh, prior to COVID, our young people would go to the rest homes and they're starting back now. But, but uh, it's a natural thing for the child of God to serve people and to, and to take the word of God to others. It's a natural thing. And oh, I love the work of God. These 40 years here at Faith Baptist Church, I love it and I'm thrilled about it. And uh, if you're looking for a church and you happen to stumble across this podcast, I hope you'll come, hope you come visit us and to get a chance to, to see what God's doing. We, we serve a wonderful God, a wonderful God. And I'm privileged, more than I could say, to be surrounded by these great workers. Hope you have a great day. Thanks for spending a few minutes together. <music>